one of the things I always kind of love talking about is, you know, we think about our favorite athletes or favorite musicians and how they get celebrated in popular media. And I want scientists to be able to be celebrated in that format, in that limelight. And we don't do that, right? Just as a culture, we we put uh, you know, celebrities on this pedestal and we showcase that to students like, hey, this is this is what it means to be successful. These are the ultimate goals for success this is what success looks like. And I want to be able to showcase people that are educated, people that are in the science fields doing amazing work, game changing work, which is really what scientists do, changing the world and showcase that uh, that avenue for students that, hey, this is a prestigious opportunity. These are things that you can do to be able to change your life. And you don't have to change who you are culturally. You don't have to change the dynamics of who you are, what you represent, the different things that you bring to the table as a black man or a black woman. Like you can be your authentic, true self and also be educated and stimulate those new ideas and stimulate critical thinking. And I think the more and more we can implore that to our youth, it's really game changing. It really shows that they can elevate themselves to new levels and that there's multiple different paths for success and that you don't just have to be a celebrity or be an athlete in order to be able to gain success and be able to do something amazing with your life. And then just kind of sparking that curiosity, showing them how science plays a role in their everyday life. Uh, the application of the science, I think, is really important. And at the real core, that's what I try to do with the hip hop science platform is to be able to show that application of how science plays a role in your day to day life from the music that you listen to, to the uh, the sports games that you watch, to fashion shows, to things happening in social media and pop culture that you can make unique scientific connections to all those things. And the more and more that our youth especially see that, then science starts to resonate a lot more in their day to day thinking and they're able to make that connection and not be fall into that common misconception that, oh, I have to be a genius uh, to be able to get into the STEM fields or I have to, you know, that I have to be getting to rocket science means that I have to be the smartest of the smartest uh, of the bunch, that you can just use your own curiosity and you can make unique applications to day-to-day -day things that you already consume and be able to reach that level of mental capacity. And so being able to make those connections to day-to-day -day things and make that connection to things that we're already passionate about, things that we consume, I think really elevates our critical thinking and really showcases what new opportunities are available for us. Yo, plug me in. Plug me in to the STEM plug. Welcome to episode 12 of the STEM plug podcast. Episode 12, it's been it's been an amazing journey, and uh, we plugged in with a lot of amazing professionals um, within STEM. But today, man, we have an amazing uh, STEM professional and a STEM, you know, content guru uh, that's just, like, killing the game right now with all of the, you know, STEM content that he has out there. And he goes by the name of Maynard aka the hip-hop md the hip-hop md man that just that just sounds dope so you already know you hear that name kind of what we're going to kind of dive into right so maynard has you know a background in civil engineering um but i really wanted to dive in today with maynard of just about you know all of the cool stem content that he's really putting out there to the community that's just sharing people a cool way to kind of get into stem and kind of experience a, a different level of STEM that we haven't even seen. So, Maynard, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Let's kind of start in and plug in, right? How um, did your background in civil engineering shape your journey as the hip hop MD? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I mean, foundationally, you know, being an engineer is really at the core of everything that I do now with my hip hop science platform. Uh, obviously, one, it gives me the, the credibility to be able to talk on a lot of this different STEM subjects that I talk about. But at the root of it all, it really is the foundation of kind of my love for science and really it was a foundation that laid the pathway to me to get to doing what I'm doing now uh, with my hip hop science platform. Um, I, you know, I'd always been a science nerd. You know, I was as a kid, I was always a really avid explorer. I used to like nature, wildlife biology was like my thing. Uh, and that's actually what I originally wanted to study when I got into the uh, uh, University of Washington because I was, I was just immersed in nature and wildlife. And even now, a lot of my content kind of skews towards wildlife sciences. But for me, getting into engineering and exploring that route uh, really kind of solidified everything as far as my educational journey. Uh, and I had a chance to work professionally in engineering after I graduated for about five years with a big engineering firm doing heavy infrastructure work. And um, as I transitioned and did a 180 into entertainment lane, you know, I was always staying connected to, you know, the foundation of science, right? And always looking to give back and mentoring. And uh, full circles, the hip hop science platform came to be, you know, being able to establish all the fundamentals of what I learned in engineering, but also everything that happened along my pursuit of education, the doubts, right? The uh, discrimination that I faced, uh, a lot of the obstacles and barriers and limitations that, you know, people that look like me going into the engineering fields and try to balance knowledge with also uh, extracurricular activities and things outside of the sciences. All of that gave me the ability to be able to speak on, you know, my journey and different things that I've been able to do. And so I think that that at the root of it all really helped shape and kind of correlate a lot to the content that I put out now because, you know, I obviously don't just talk on science topics, but I talk on, you know, diversity and the importance of having people that look like us involved in STEM and the importance of getting diverse voices in STEM and also for the pursuit of education and limitations that we all face in our pursuit of it all. Uh, so really having that experience in engineering has definitely shaped and molded everything that I do now. Okay, that's dope. That's dope. All right, so so hip hop science, right? Do you rap or anything yourself? Like wh how, where did hip hop science and, um, where did that kind of come come about? I worked as an artist for a number of years. Music was always a big passion of mine as well. So along with being a science nerd, I was always into music. So from elementary school all the way to in college and I was working professionally, uh, I was doing music. But for me, it was always a side hobby. It was always a thing that I just did outside of school and education. I never really had an opportunity to pursue it full time in high school. Uh, I was working on album projects, I was writing, I was producing, uh, and in college while I was pursuing my engineering degree, uh, I was in a group at the time, we were doing tours, we were performing, working on mixtape projects, all sorts of different things. So music was my wheelhouse, that was me, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't connected to science in the way people probably assume, right? I wasn't rapping science songs and that's not what I do. I was an artist. I was doing music. I had my lane. I came up through like the battle rap circuit, you know? So early on I was doing, you know, I was, I was a battle MC. That was my thing, right? Freestyling. That was my lane, you know, Wu-Tang, Eminem, Royce of 5'9". Like those are like cats that I looked up to, right? And emulated in the music scene. 
but that was always kind of living these kind of contrasting lives, right? There was my music side, entertainment side, and then there was also the science uh, side, but I can never really find a way to express them both simultaneously. So even while I was working professionally as an engineer, right, I kept my outside life completely separate. And I was always feeling like I was playing this like Clark Kent, you know, Superman character, you know, I'd, go, I'd get into the office, I'd be suited up, working professionally with, you know, my peers and whatnot. Uh, and then as soon as I leave, I'm in the studio, you know, working, uh, you know, working on projects, got into acting work as well, too. So I was doing stage theater projects and commercial projects. I loved entertainment. I loved the aspects of it and all the things that it gave me um, and the ability to be creative. But I was never able to really merge the two. And ultimately, I left engineering because I wanted to be able to pursue music full time. I'd never really given myself the opportunity to be fully invested in it. And so left engineering, did a 180, moved down to L.A., where I'm living now, uh, to pursue entertainment work. And uh, while doing that, I was still staying connected to uh, the sciences, still giving back, uh, still like dropping random science knowledge in different situations. And the Hip Hop MD, the Hip Hop Science platform really kind of came about as a sketch comedy idea. I was uh, I had a lot of uh, comedian friends that are out here in L.A., so I was always kind of in the comedy circuit. And at that time, you know, everybody was creating sketches and creating different things to kind of uplift their profile and uh, and get some traction. And uh, I created this whole hip hop MD character, which was true to who I was. Right. This kind of quirky scientist that was into entertainment and music and dropped, you know, random science facts in inappropriate situations. And what started out as kind of the sketch comedy idea snowballed into this whole educational platform where I use music, entertainment and comedy to educate on different science topics. And so. Finding that really now was a full circle moment for me because I was able to truly showcase who I was and be authentic in my voice, right? And not feel like I was playing both sides of the fence. I was able to talk about science topics by using the vernacular that we use, making hip hop references and using my connection and my ability and my skill set that I learned doing acting work and film and being in the entertainment industry, all combining that with my knowledge of science now be able to educate in a unique way. And for me, it was just dope because that was always how I felt we needed to be educated, right? I always look back at my childhood and wished that teachers had taught me that way in that format in school. I felt like I would have been even more connected to education and seeing that people were learning a lot from the content that I was making and seeing that it was really touching people in a new and unique way really solidified everything for me because I was like, yes, this is how we change the face of science and get more people that look like us interested in the sciences. And, um, you know, I continue to do content, continue to put stuff out there. And, you know, I've been blessed with a lot of great opportunities. Things have been uplifting and and people have found great benefit from the work that I do. And that's always been my goal to encourage more minority uh, involvement into the STEM fields. And so now I'm able to do that with my platform and really take our knowledge and take our love and our uniqueness and things that we bring to the culture and really be able to make that unique connection with science. And so for me, it's been just a full circle moment, uh, combining everything that I love doing. Man, no, that's, that's dope. Yeah. I mean, my, my brand STEM plug is all about the same thing, right? Just plugging in a cool way of STEM. Right. And, um, like you said, it, it's really important that like kind of being able to explain stem in a way where anybody can really get it right i feel like in the school system now it's kind of you know some kids get so scared because they think math and science is um you know so hard right but uh you're really it seems like you're really helping kids and and different professionals as well really be able to critically think and have uh have fun 
with STEM, right? So, so in your opinion, why is it kind of important to communicate, you know, scientific topics in a understandable format? Why, why is it important? Yeah, I think it comes down to what you just stated, right? Is, is making that connection. And you know, I brought up the fact that I look back and wish that I was educated in a different way. And I've seen it so much and having gone and experienced it in my life as well, too. A lot of times we make the separation and a lot of times our youth think that you can only be one thing or the other. Right. If you are if you into school science, like that's all you do. If you're into sports, those are the only opportunities for you. And we kind of uh, we kind of deviate from our natural curious instincts and the things that make us unique and the things that kind of fuel us. And so I want to be able to showcase that you can be multifaceted. You can have a passion for sports and athletics uh, and music and entertainment, but also be into education as well and be able to bring education to the limelight. One of the things I always kind of love talking about is, you know, we think about our favorite athletes or favorite musicians and how they get celebrated in popular media and I want scientists to be able to be celebrated in that format, in that limelight. And we don't do that, right? Just as a culture, we we put uh, you know, celebrities on this pedestal and we showcase that to students like, hey, this is this is what it means to be successful. These are the ultimate goals for success this is what success looks like. And I want to be able to showcase people that are educated, people that are in the science fields, doing amazing work, game changing work, which is really what scientists do, changing the world. And showcase that uh, that avenue for students that, hey, this is a prestigious opportunity. These are things that you can do to be able to change your life. And you don't have to change who you are culturally. You don't have to change the dynamics of who you are, what you represent, the different things that you bring to the table as a black man or a black woman. Like you can be your authentic, true self and also be educated and stimulate those new ideas and stimulate critical thinking. And I think the more and more we can implore that to our youth, it's really game changing. It really shows that they can elevate themselves to new levels and that there's multiple different paths for success and that you don't just have to be a celebrity or be an athlete in order to be able to gain success and be able to do something amazing with your life. And then just kind of sparking that curiosity, showing them how science plays a role in their everyday life. Uh, the application of the science, I think, is really important. And at the real core, that's what I try to do with the hip hop science platform is to be able to show that application of how science plays a role in your day to day life from the music that you listen to, to the, uh, the sports games that you watch, to fashion shows, to things happening in social media and pop culture that you can make unique scientific connections to all those things. And the more and more that our youth especially see that, then science starts to resonate a lot more in their day to day thinking and they're able to make that connection and not be fall into that common misconception that, oh, I have to be a genius uh, to be able to get into the STEM fields or I have to, you know, that I have to be getting to rocket science means that I have to be the smartest of the smartest uh, of the bunch that you can just use your own curiosity and you can make unique applications to day-to-day -day things that you already consume and be able to reach that level of mental capacity. And so being able to make those connections to day-to-day -to -day things and make that connection to things that we're already passionate about, things that we consume, I think really elevates our critical thinking and really showcases what new opportunities are available for us. Definitely right. I mean, that's really what got me uh, plugging into your, your content, man. It's, it's dope. So let's, let's plug in, right? Share with us some, you know, some examples of some of your, uh, you know, popular uh, content that you had that, you know, really promoted in the innovative ways of engaging, you know, with your audience through, uh, you know, sitcom content. Yeah, I'd say uh, one of the things I, that my favorite series that I've probably done 
is I'd had a, had a kind of a YouTube series that I was doing on like science mysteries. And I was making these direct connections to popular cultural, pop cultural elements, things that we all kind of know about, especially within our culture and our community, that people would probably never make any scientific connections uh, to. There was a video that's still one of my favorite videos that I love. I broke down kind of the, the pop culture phenomena of, of what happened to Bobby Schmurder's hat. Um, I think everybody kind of knows that that kind of whole social trend, right, that happened years back uh, in Bobby Schmurder's hot, <laughs> hot video where, where people were like, yeah, what happened to Bobby Schmurder's hat, right? And it became this like it became this long running social media kind of cultural phenomena, right? Everybody always talked about it. And I took that kind of social trend and I broke down scientific reasons that could explain the disappearance of Bobby Schmurder's hat, right? So I, I had some uh, wildlife explanations. Uh, I had some astrophysics explanations as well. I had some weather uh, connections as well. And I love that video because at the core, that's everything that the hip-hop science is about, right? We took this pop culture element, this hip-hop song, this thing that was viral within our community that people understood, and now you're able to be entertained. You're still able to kind of follow that social trend of it. But as you are diving deeper, you're learning and you're being educated along the way. You're being entertained along the way. You're making these connections to things that you know about, but you never really thought about piecing them together. And I love that video. And that video still got to get a lot of buzz because the creative element of it and being able to piece together these seemingly contrasting areas into this uh, really educational voice that really explained and gave you a full understanding, full circle from the entertaining perspective and also from the science perspective. Uh, that was one of the things I, I love doing. And I think that, in a nutshell, if I ever had to showcase to somebody, hey, what does hip hop science mean to you? That video series and that video in particular is definitely one that resonates for me and kind of really showcases in a nutshell what I tried to interpret in the work that I do with my hip hop science platform. Okay. Nah, that's that's dope. So I mean, since you became the the hip hop MD and had all of your uh created content, have you had noticed any kind of significant change or progress um in underrepresentative uh involvement within STEM since your content has been dropping? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. One of the things I, I do now, I, I do a lot of uh public events, so Keynote speaking, going to schools, uh, doing workshops uh, with youth, everybody from elementary school to high school to college students. I do a lot of work with educators as well. And really being able to touch educators with my platform, I think for me, has been one of the really elevating parts of the work that I do because it all starts from the classroom, right? And the more that our educators are able to get in tune with how to connect with their students in a unique and organic way. That really is what can really impact the future. And so I've done a lot of educator workshops where I talk about how to reach diverse students, how to connect with students using pop culture and social media and bringing your true authentic self as an educator to the classroom so you can be able to make that kind of unique connection with your students. And I've had so many educators come up and talk to me and, and, and uh, talk about how they utilize some of my videos in their classroom how some of the things that I've presented in different workshops have assisted them in their educational path and kind of stimulated their own curiosity to new things they could be able to incorporate incorporate into learning activities in the classroom as well. And for me, that right there 
showcases a true change because now we're able to implement a, a specific strategy and educators can now use that as tools for our youth and being able to see their youth getting more curious about sciences, uh, being able to ask questions about things in STEM, uh, reaching out to me and asking for mentorship or advice. That to me right there showcases the true impact of what this work can be. And that's one of the elements of the work that I do that I absolutely love. Nah, that's dope, man. I definitely commend you on that. Like I'm myself down here in North Carolina, I actually work with different uh, educators with, you know, my different content. I actually have a children's book out called Diverse in STEM where, you know, there's a bunch of diverse children that kind of, you know, really uh, use their imagination and kind of see themselves in a lot of different areas of STEM. So really helping, you know, kids really think critically, right, and have fun at the same time. Um, so it seems like you, you're doing a, a lot of a lot of dope stuff. Now, I don't want to undercut. I know you told me about, you know, your experience with the Natural History Museum as well. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I've done I've, I've been working with the Natural History Museum for a few years now on various projects. They're based out here in Los Angeles, Natural History Museum of Los Angeles. That's been a cool gig. It actually started out because I just went to a couple exhibits that they had going uh, and I just kind of filmed some content. They had a butterfly pavilion uh, and a spider pavilion as one of their kind of long-standing exhibits that I filmed some content for on my YouTube channel uh, and shared it with them. And they just absolutely loved the work that I did and how I was able to showcase uh, elements within their exhibits. And so they started bringing me out for uh, new exhibits that they'd bring to the museum. And so they had this Antarctic dinosaur exhibit that was starting. And I got to go behind the scenes to one of the first visitors for that exhibit and put together a whole video package that showcased all the unique elements of the exhibit, the learning opportunities within it, um, shared it for their platform. Um, I've done some, I've done a couple of hosting events for them as well too. They have, uh, they have some of their uh, first Friday night events uh, where I've come out and, and done some cameos. And that's always a cool, doing partnerships like that is always amazing because one, we're touching people within the community. It's a local spot. And we're able to showcase some cool elements of science that students right here in the area can utilize. And so that's branched off into a lot of other cool partnerships with other museums and other science organizations. Uh, and so that one was a big stepping stone into a lot of the other brand collaborations I've been able to do. Oh, man, you plugging me in. That's an amazing experience. You really have a lot of knowledge in a lot of different areas of STEM. And it seems like you're really doing a lot of cool things, right? How do you kind of stay up to date with the latest, like, uh, I guess, advancements and trends within STEMs? How do, what is your go-to of you just kind of staying up to date? Like, okay, I need to make sure I'm up on this this part. That's definitely one of the, the toughest parts, right? Uh, but I think the first key for that has been being really tapped into the community. I think you know probably a, a few of the STEM folks that I know. I think I saw a connection that you did with uh, Nehemiah uh stem media oh God. and uh, yeah nehemiah's nehemiah's the homie right i've been i've been uh rocking with with me for for a minute now um and being able to be connected with you know our stem media crew and our stem avengers team uh other science communicators that we have in the community uh i think for me has been probably the best part because we're all doing creative things in our own niches but we all tag team and we all share a lot of cool content so being tapped into a really tight-knit community has been one of the ways I stay kind of up to date on social, you know, science trends and things that are happening in the science world. But I'm always tapped into all sorts of different things. I have, uh, I have different blogs that I read. I have uh, a couple um, different science news outlets that I follow 
that I get announcements and alerts all the time on my phone. And for me, it always starts with curiosity. If I see a cool headline or something that kind of is like, wow, that's weird. How did that happen? I always ask questions and dig deeper. I'm always on, like, if, I always tell people if somebody, if FBI came to my house right now and like went through my Google search list, I'd probably be in some, I'm probably already in some, in some database somewhere on some watch list because I'd be Googling the most random, obscure things that people would never think about. But that's just kind of how my mind works, right? I'm always thinking about things. I'm jotting down notes. Whenever a new innovation or new topic comes out, I'm always finding, you know, unique ways to be able to talk about that to different communities and being able to interject, obviously, the hip hop elements, pop culture elements to that. Uh, but it really starts from being, you know, within a tight knit community and having peers that I look up to that are doing incredible things because then I could always be like, okay, that's what they're doing. This is kind of the, the topics that we're really voicing. This is kind of what's galvanizing community. And I can be able to find things uh, that branch off of that. But it really starts with the tight-knit community and then just starting to stay curious about new things that are happening and asking questions and seeing, okay, what if, what, you know, what could people now aspire to be because of this knowledge, because of uh, this new trend or this new topic that's out there in the media space. And, you know, that's the great thing about science, right? There's an endless amount of hype. There's an endless amount of content of things to talk about. There's always some new discovery, whether it's in wildlife, whether it's space. I mean, this past week, you know, this, the, the space world was all in flux, right? Because the whole uh, new uh, uh, discovery with, you know, how to measure gravitational waves and whatnot. And so there's always cool things happening. It's just a matter of making connections to be able to show to the community why it's important. And for me, that's the, that's the easy part is now being able to take that uh, new knowledge because the, the information is always out there but now be able to creatively showcase that uh, connection to different communities and so uh, I think at the foundation it starts from being into a tight-knit group uh, and just looking out for dope things that are happening in the world of science already. Nah that's dope so I mean you just call my area when you mentioned the, the wildlife you know I've I seen some of your content that you're you know you're in some some cool cool places right so let, let's plug in have you had any you know What's kind of your your most exciting uh, scientific discoveries? I like to say that you've kind of had, or even something most recently. Has been anything cool that you want to share? Oh man, recent scientific discoveries, science work. I'm really tapped in. It hasn't happened yet per se, but it's in the works. So I'm I'm on the board for this uh, group called Reserva uh, YLTA Youth Land Trust. Uh, they're the first fully youth funded nature reserve. We're helping protect a plot of land in Ecuador. Uh, where a lot of new species have been discovered and there's a lot of issues happening with mining there and deforestation. And uh, we just got a really big grant to expand the plot of land that we're protecting. And it's all funded by youth, youth from across the world that are into, you know, issues of climate change, environmentalism. That's our, uh, our target market. And so youth are actively involved in conservation efforts with this plot of land that we are protecting uh, and I have an opportunity to go to the rainforest, hopefully by the, this end of the year, to do a transect of the new plot of land that we're hoping to protect. I was part of that group as well a couple years ago uh, where a new species of frog was discovered. I was actually part of the naming process and naming this new species by being part of this group, which was really cool. Uh, I always love telling people that story. Like I actually got to participate in naming a new species, uh, which was really dope. Uh, so that's a good. And so being be connecting with that group, yeah, I love it. And and frogs are my favorite animal already. So 
uh, being able to make that connection was super dope. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that trip for sure because the rainforest has always been an area that I've always wanted to visit. That's an area I've always been connected with. So I'm looking forward to that trip for sure. Uh, and I recently just came back from sea. I was out at sea for 10 days working on exploration vessel Nautilus, doing some science communication work with them. It was my second time on board this ship. The first time I went was two years ago. I spent a month out at sea. This time it was a nine-day cruise. We traveled from Hawaii to British Columbia, uh, mapping uncharted areas of the ocean floor. And partnering with that organization has been absolutely incredible. Learned so much, connected with so many dope people in the marine science, marine biology, and hydrography area. Um, and I'm an ocean lover as well. So along with loving the rainforest, I love everything ocean, marine science related. And so being able to stay connected with that group and being able to hands-on participate in a lot of science research that's changing the frontier about climate change and our understanding of origins of life in the deep sea hydrothermal vents to new species of animals in deep sea. I've been able to be fully tapped in and involved with that group. And that's definitely been an amazing project that I've had the pleasure of being a part of. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that that's definitely something that kind of caught my interest when I seen from your content of you just kind of being about in sea. So, you know, would you really say that your, I guess your, your civil engineering experience has like kind of, you know, come into play with you, your experience working on this project? Yo, yeah, absolutely. I think the the first expedition that we did when we spent a month out was a really uh, heavy engineering trip. We were deploying a lot of instruments out at sea. Uh, we were working on a study to do early earthquake detection systems. And obviously, as a civil engineer, earthquakes and designing buildings to withstand earthquakes is, you know, right at my wheelhouse. And so to be able to now develop instruments that we'd send out at sea to possibly aid and assist and detecting earthquakes before they hit land uh, was an absolutely dope project to be a part of. But I always tell people, like, I think engineering for me, knowing a lot, having being tapped into a lot of different areas in STEM, having a background in engineering, I think is very unique because we're able to position ourselves to have this versatile understanding of a lot of different areas, which I think makes us uniquely adapted to be able to step into so many different niches because you'll find engineers across the board, right? You have civil environmental engineers, you have marine engineers, you have people that are doing uh, in nuclear engineering work, you have people that are doing engineering work in space. It, engineering ties across so many different areas of STEM. And I think even our educational path within engineering gives us the tools and the critical thinking to be able to easily kind of deviate into all sorts of different sectors. Uh, and so my engineering background has definitely assisted in being able to transition into a lot of those areas. Uh, the, the marine sciences and this kind of wildlife in general is easy for me because that was my initial passion. That's what I love doing. And that's actually what I wanted to study. I wanted to study wildlife biology. And I remember actually getting to University of Washington. And I got talked out of doing that field because every educator that I met and other peers but like, there's no money in marine in uh, wildlife biology. You need to go where the money's at. You need to do engineering. You need to do computer science. That's where the money is at. You need to go that tech route. And that really stuck with me, right? Because I was like, okay, you're going to college. You want to be able to walk away with a degree that's going to lead you to success. But I always tell people, always be, always follow what you're passionate about because things always come full circle. And if you always are deviating to just be chasing money or chasing what other people's expectations are for you, and you're doing things that don't make you happy, you'll get stuck in a roundabout circle. And for me, that's kind of what I discovered 
you know, in the long term was that, you know, following your passion is what's going to lead you to true success. And now I do a lot of wildlife biology related work in the STEM topics that I do because I have that kind of core understanding and that kind of affinity and love for it. But having that engineering background and going through that, uh, those different engineering applications in school really gave me the tools and the mindset to be able to do a lot of the work that I'm doing now. So I definitely don't regret it. Uh, but I always make sure to talk about that, the stifling of curiosity that we have a lot of time, especially in college, where we get stifled or we feel limited that we can't do certain things because this is in, this might not provide us with fruitful opportunities in the future. And we start to deviate and we start to doubt ourselves or question ourselves or question our abilities. And I always try to showcase to people that, hey, if you're passionate about doing what you love, if you're passionate about what you're doing and you do it with love and you're able to bring your authentic self to it, you'll make great opportunities happen. So engineering definitely has opened the doors for a lot of the work that I do. And so I never regret my path going into it. But for me, it's it's definitely a cool thing to be able to bring into these other fields now. You gave us a lot of gems there, right? Um, even just about la like a lot of the different areas of engineering. Like I specifically, I'm a robotic engineer and I work in lab automation. And uh, a lot of people don't know about the area of lab automation and how it's such a growing field. Um, so I appreciate you kind of sharing all of that. And one of the most, you know, important things within STEM um, that I always just talk about, like you can be in a, a specific field, but you can be collaborating with somebody that is saying something completely maybe different. So you as a, you know, with that engineering background, you're collaborating with different marine biologists, right? How does that kind of look, that collaboration of an engineering mind and then a marine biologist mind? How does that collaboration kind of look? I think really it's easy, right? Because we're all scientists at the end of the day. And I think about this process, right? How do we, how do we learn? How do we, what is that? What at the core is science? Science is really explaining how the world works. And I think being able to bring two minds together really opens the doors for uh, inquisition and, and questions and curiosity. And that's really where it starts. There'll be elements that areas of knowledge that a marine scientist or marine biologists may have that me as an engineer may not have. Uh, and so I'm able to learn from them, but I'm also able to present different intriguing questions in a way that they may have never thought about. They may have never seen it from that perspective or understood it from that perspective. And so to be able to bring our unique skill sets to the table, I think opens the doors for a lot of different opportunities. And I think why that's why the partnership that I've been able to have with uh, the Ocean Exploration Trust team and being out at sea and being a participant in a lot of the ongoing research with that trip uh, has really opened the doors for a lot of unique discussions and a lot of unique ways to be able to create content and be able to uh, open the doors of marine science and marine exploration in general to communities that may have never seen it, seen it or even thought about it in that perspective. Because we do a lot of outreach opportunities on that trip, which is one of the big keys that they uh, or one of the big things that they love to do is to be able to connect the science research with audiences all across the globe. So every day we do live streams uh, on their YouTube channel. We also do one on one ship to shore interactions with schools, organizations, museums all across the globe where students, educators and people that are just interested in what's happening can tune in to the ship. We'll explain what's going on. We'll bring other scientists that are on board. And we'll present all the amazing research that's happening to this sh on this ship to audiences all across the world. And being able to bring those that skill sets to the table and be able to use our kind of unique, distinct voices in our own wheelhouses and our own areas of expertise 
opens the doors for so many new questions and presents these topics in an interesting way where different communities can find connections with it no matter what their background is. And so that's really, I think, the core of how those collaborations are beneficial because it just sparks curiosity, opens the doors for new intriguing questions, and we're able to now present these different topics in a you in a new and interesting way. That's dope. Um, it really seems like you you really, I guess your content, you work with high schools, universities, elementary schools, middle schools. So how do you really tailor your content, you know, to to kind of work for different age groups? How does that look like? Is that can that be difficult sometimes? Like, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. It's that's one thing that's definitely taken me some time to kind of sculpt. I think at the very beginning when I was first developing the hip hop science platform and creating content, it was definitely not skewed towards kids. It was definitely more adult themed just cause that, you know, obviously that's, you know, you got to think about the hip hop music and the songs and lyrics uh, and the things I was breaking down was definitely more adult humor at the very beginning when I started doing this work. But once I started realizing the, the broader reach and the broader capabilities of the work that I was doing, that's when I started to have to reel things in and really understand and be more specific with how I was tailoring my content uh, to be able to reach and connect with different audiences. And I think everybody kind of does that in, in general, right? Regardless of what your background or what your focus is, once you start seeing that your content is being consumed, you have to be a little mindful of how you're presenting yourself, how you're being, your image is looking in all sorts of different areas. And I quickly started realizing that kids actually this is a great opportunity for our youth to be able to learn and be educated in a unique way. And if I'm going to try to reach those audiences, I have to be able to tailor my content so that it is kid friendly in certain formats, but still at the same time, having that kind of cross promotion element to where adults can still watch it and still be entertained by it as well. So there's definitely a fine line of tailoring that content so that it's compatible for different age groups for sure. And part of it comes from different media outlets. Uh, you know, there's there's content that I produce that's skewed a little bit differently depending on what platform. But overall, I think I've been able to find a good liaison that is able to meet that adult theme, uh, you know, that adult audience while still being able to deliver content that's suitable and digestible for youth as well. And so playing that kind of middle ground for me has definitely been a work in progress. But I, like I mentioned, I do a lot of work for K through 12, doing workshops, STEM presentations, hands-on things. And I'm able to bring kind of my unique energy and voice uh, to, to the classroom, to wor working with kids. But then I'm also able to deviate that when I'm doing workshops and presentations with educators. I'm able to deliver a certain voice and a certain message that uh, can really fuel and inspire educators as well too so knowing my audience obviously when i'm doing speaking engagements is, is critical uh and i'm able to kind of conform and be able to restructure the work that i'm doing to meet those audiences but it's definitely been a work in progress and something that's taken some time to really be able to walk that fine line uh because we all know how it is in education like there's there's always uh there's always a radar on you there's always people watching and waiting right for you to mess up or do something that's that they deem wrong for for different audiences so i'm always mindful of that and i always try to make sure that i'm cognizant of that in all the material that i'm developing i could definitely kind of say the same with me like I, I mean i have a, a children's book about stem but i have my podcast that i you know plugging in stem to all ages so being able to i guess kind of cater that content but at the same time have that foundation of yourself that you're kind of 
continuing to build. So that's that's dope. So what's next, right? Where where do you see uh, what's kind of next for the hip hop uh, MD? What what is some kind of future initiatives that you're uh, you know looking to kind of um, trying to share? So kind of plug it in for us. One of the main main things I'm definitely looking forward to right up your alley, uh, doing a book as well too. That's definitely something that's been on my radar. Uh, and it actually probably be right up the children's line as well for a children's book uh, to be able to engage students in a unique way with STEM. Um, I've had some good opportunities to open up with some publishing companies. And so exploring that uh, that, uh, that path right now, which is pretty dope. So I'm looking forward to that coming into fruition here in the near future. But uh, I always, I'm big in speaking things into existence. And from the very start when I started doing this hip hop science show, was always a goal to develop this into a show, right? It started out as a sketch comedy idea that I was hoping to develop into a large mainstream show that can be on a major network. And that's always been a top goal with the work that I'm doing. And obviously I've had some great opportunities to make a lot of cameos in different science shows, you know, Science Channel, Discovery Channel, and Nat Geo and others, and Ada Twist, Scientist on Netflix. But one of the big main goals is to always been to have my own science show, right? I grew up watching Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson, and those are always science communicator idols that I looked up to. And to be able to be kind of the Bill Nye of this next generation has always been a huge goal of mine. One, not just because it would be dope to have your own show, obviously, but I think about the work that I do and being able to reach audiences and being able to do that through social media right now is great. But I think about bringing science to the forefront, bringing science to the mainstream, and to be able to hit a mainstream audience with a television show that can reach a greater market, to me, would be a game-changing element as far as being able to connect people with science in a different way. And so that's definitely been something that I've been working on. I'm in a development deal right now with a production company, and I've been in and out of multiple different development deals trying to get a show out. A lot of challenges within entertainment. It's a very fickle industry. It's not easy to break into getting a show and I've, I've seen it firsthand and been to almost to that point where something's been released and then things getting backtracked or internal things happening. Uh, but it's still at the top of my list to make happen. And so I am, I'm shooting hardcore for that. So hopefully you'll see the hip hop side show in some sort of element on, on a mainstream network in the near, in the very near future. Oh yeah. I believe it. We're going to speak it into existence. I think we definitely going to, uh, we definitely going to see that. Okay, so that's dope. So I, I guess finally I just want to ask you, you know, what message or advice would you kind of like to leave with our listeners um, who really aspire to make a difference in STEM education and diversity? What message would you want to leave? I think I'll leave them with the message really of what you're trying to deliver, right, which is to stay plugged in, right? And I think you can look at that from a lot of different versatile elements. Uh, you know, plugging in obviously as you do with, uh, you know, talking with STEM STEM professionals like myself and others and be able to bring kind of the unique work that we do to people that may not know about it uh, is an easy way to plug in. But I'm thinking plugged in from the sense of staying connected and finding ways to be able to insert your voice uh, in an impactful way. And so uh, for me, being able to kind of bridge that gap between music, entertainment and science and pop culture, right, and be able to merge these contrasting fields, uh, it all starts with being curious and asking questions and wanting to be involved and really be able to spread that message on. So being plugged in for me is being able to stay tapped in within our community, understand that we have a unique voice 
We have the ability to make change. And it starts with us being able to now do things like in, in a, a, a podcast like this where we're able to connect communities in different ways, highlighting diverse voices in STEM, showcasing others that look like us that are doing dope work, uh, and then also talking about the work that you're doing. We have a lot of us in education. A lot of us, they're well-educated. They're doing all sorts of different things, from robotics work like yourself to wildlife biology. We got black birders crew. We got black and astrophysics. got black and marine biology. Like We got all of us doing work in this field and staying plugged in means that we find ways to collaborate. We find ways to uplift our voices. We find ways to present the work that we're doing to our communities. And now we're able to spark that curiosity to others that look like us that may have never seen opportunities for themselves or may never have seen scientists that look like themselves doing dope work. And the more and more that we can stay plugged into what we're doing and stay involved into the different ways that we can be able to bring our voices to greater audiences, that's going to elevate others. And so for me, it's like leaving people with that message, staying plugged into our communities, staying plugged into the goal of being able to showcase representation in a different way and being able to be outstanding in the work that we do and showcase these achievements and show that we have the ability to make impact and that our voices deserve to be represented in these spaces. And so I think for me, that's that would be a, a, a takeaway that I want everybody that's listening to this podcast to walk away with for sure. Oh, that was definitely a drop the mic right there. <laughs> well, yeah, we appreciate you plugging all that in. I guess, uh, lastly, just plugging your social medias for us. How can, you know, our listeners stay in contact with you? How can they see all your cool content? Plug in all your social medias for us. Yeah, yeah. Everybody can find everything that I do at Hip Hop Science Show. Uh, Instagram is definitely probably my go-to platform that I use the most frequently, but I'm on TikTok as well, too. You can see crazy TikTok videos at my YouTube channel, Hip Hop Science Show as well. Uh, my website, hiphopscienceshow.com. If anybody wants to tap into uh, opportunities to collaborate uh, or looking for hosts, presentations, I do obviously a lot of STEM outreach work with all sorts of different communities. And so my website is definitely a great place to be able to learn about all the ongoing work. I have a running blog that I do on there is with weekly updates on different things that I'm doing, different things I'm getting involved in. Uh, Twitter, Hip Hop MD. Uh, so I'm very active on all the socials and you can always find the different work that I'm doing on those platforms. So if anybody wants to connect or reach out, uh, always give me a holler. I try to be as accessible as I can when I have the time to do it uh, and, and love and love to engage and love to put content out there. So yeah, if you're active on socials, look me up at Hip Hop Science Show. You can find pretty much everything that I do on all those platforms. That's dope. Well, we appreciate you again, Maynard, a.k.a. the Hip Hop MD, plugging in with us on the STEM Plug Podcast, episode 12. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe and stay plugged in for more from the Hip Hop MD.